Hello and welcome to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where I, your host, Matthew Whitby, sit down with people all across the DMs Guild and surrounding space. And this week, I am, I'm overjoyed to be joined by fellow hand talker, <laughs> Steve <laughs> Frankenstein. Hello. Hello. Pleasure to be here. No, again, thank you so much for joining me. How, how are we doing this week? Uh, this, is, this has been a pretty good week. I've been very actually productive this week. You know, yeah. since it comes and goes with the pandemic, but uh, this week's been a pretty good week. So. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's nice to sort of like ride those highs and <laughs> as, as and when they, they sort of arise. Um, no, let's, you know, let's, 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 let's not dilly dally with any sort of, you know, uh, polite <laughs> banter to begin with. Let's, let's, this is, this is business here. Um, so I guess I will actually, funny enough, I think the best way, like I'm going to start off with, with something of a, uh, a small segue. Um, but you've been writing on the DMs go for a little while now, haven't you? I have. Yeah. And today is my one year anniversary. Yeah. And then this is where the confetti and stuff came in. Um, <laughs> so around my house. I didn't have like a cake or anything, um, but I do have party hats <laughs> for reasons uh, that will become clear. <laughs> in, in the, so uh, I'm again, I'm happy to wear this party hat as as um, a celebration. I do not have party hats. <laughs> if, if, I'll be honest. I've got like eight. I can wear one for you as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. You know what? Wear wear that one for me, and then <laughs> and we will party. Yes. <laughs> I have I have a stack of reason. Yeah, here's the thing: they don't really sell party hats in ones anymore. <laughs> so you just have to look at this tiefling Matthew Whitby here. <laughs> I have kind of thought like I would. I am tempted to buy like you know those um, sort of role playing tiefling horns. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm very I'll be tempted. Yeah, I'll be tempted <laughs> to buy one. Um, but if not, I think this would probably be sufficient to pass in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's certainly a look, yes. Yeah, so, and, and people and people say I'm not professional. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the most professional podcasts I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, again, I, I'm, I'm glad that we I can provide that sort of service. No, but no, fantastic. So I, I so to rewind the clocks then, and to go back to like a year today, then, um, what what yeah, what, what did you publish? What were we throwing out there? Uh, one year ago, uh, 2019. Uh, I completed the RPG Writers Workshop. That's how I started, how I got into all this. Uh, and I, I published my first D&D adventure, The Price of Freedom, uh, which was uh, somewhat inspired by some of the stuff going on in my home D&D game. Uh, and I, I uh, got my one of my players, who, who's an artist, to draw up the cover for it. And it's a very beautiful cover. Uh, and I made and published the adventure. And then it actually did surprisingly well. And it was actually a, a big motivator to help me keep going, doing this for a full, full year. Now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, so I'm curious. Then, so what exactly what was it, what was the, like the impetus to like finally dive into like the RPG Writer Workshop for you? Then, uh, I it was because uh, I didn't have time to do National Novel Writing Month. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like to do National Novel Writing Month every year. Uh, which, if you don't know, is in the United States mostly. Uh, and it's a challenge to write 50,000 words in one month, uh, essentially to pump out the first draft of a novel. Uh, and it's it's really fun. The people who do it are really, really great, but it can be a really big time investment. And last year, I just didn't have the time, but I, I was looking for that kind of creative outlet. Uh, and I saw the Writer's Workshop on Twitter, and I thought that was a nice kind of middle ground of still doing something creative, but... Uh, not quite the same investment. 
was was it wasn't this the was it like again correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't was this the first rpg variety workshop i don't think so okay. i think it, there had been one before okay yeah i think it was it, it before they'd properly gone kind of like again seasonal as they've kind of gone at the moment and stuff like that with again yeah it's this was it seems that every few months there's another one going which is kind of fantastic um, it is. yeah it's yeah. a great program and, and then, yeah, we again, I always, uh, yeah, I, I, I could throw a link in there. I'll throw a link in the description <laughs> for people, people to kind of find. Um, but then I guess, yeah, what was your kind of like uh, project trajectory from there? Which, after, uh, again, adventure out the gate, where do you go from there? Uh, then we enter the depressing period. <laughs> then comes failure. Uh, my, my second adventure, my follow up, was a complete flop. Uh, absolute flop. I thought. Uh, hey, that first one went great, and that was just in a month. Let me take more time. I'm going to bring people into it. I, I found my way onto the uh, DMs Guild Creators Discord server, mm -hmm. and I saw I started talking to people and, and learning more about how people were doing these things, uh, and I, I put a lot of effort and time and thought into my follow-up adventure, the Wizard's Assistant, uh, but it did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh to date i think it's my worst selling title <laughs> uh which was humbling yeah uh, but I'm, also I, I, a big learning thing. i was gonna say I, that 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 is something that i am finding um i i, I again I'm only speaking from experience it definitely is the case with with adventures sometimes so that they can be quite hot or cold um but actually to once actually it, it's pretty much with all products um, I, I went through a similar experience with uh, Runa and Ulfka's guide. Runa and Ulfka's guide to go oh, away. This big bad, big bad book of boss epic goblins, <laughs> which I maybe may, again I'm now realizing in hindsight that maybe it was a title problem. <laughs> but but no, I, yeah, I, I think again, unfortunately, was it the DM's Guild is 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 I guess a gamble I, I don't, in, in the nicest way. It's it is. It's it's an educated gamble. Yeah. in a lot of ways uh, and i think looking back that there's a lot that i did wrong in that adventure um I, and i didn't know and i've, I've learned now uh, or um, at least again, again not to again I, I, not to like open any past wounds or anything like that but i guess like in, in your own way if you don't mind saying like so what were some of the things that you kind of did wrong it's i i think i focused a bit much on telling the story that i wanted to tell mm -hmm. Uh, which is not really the point of <laughs> DMs killed. Uh, it's it definitely it's built to allow people to interact with the story and to do things, but it it's not railroady, but it's still kind of straight lined. Yeah, uh, and it, it was built as a, a multi chapter adventure. Uh, I think it's like four chapters, so that's mm -hmm. that's always a little bit worse of a seller. I think like the larger investment ones. Uh, and um, uh, I think I did the layout on it. <laughs> like, it looks okay. It's not yeah. bad. Um, but like stuff like that. Just, uh, and I, I made a new city instead of setting it in the Forgotten Realms and making mm -hmm. use of that wizard's IP. I, I made a new city. So like there's that that whole thing to learn. Like there's this new city. There's a lot of, I, I think the core idea is all right. <laughs> but no. no knowing what i know now i wouldn't do it very differently i must say, i think that's like that's what's kind of again one of the the best parts of again, the, the, the silver lining of any sort of unsuccessful project is is the fact that you know the lessons kind of learned from it 
Um, and and yeah, it's it's kind of like um, it, it, it's 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 a sort of trial by fire, and it's not until again you walk through the fire that you kind of realize that was a little bit hot. Yeah, I probably should have worn shoes. Or, or <laughs> the the analogy is, is is losing traction a little bit. Um, but then I guess I guess to again to pivot slightly then. So from from um, from your second release then to I guess some uh, tales of success. It, it wasn't long after, uh, honestly, uh, and that's uh, just just today on Discord. I was telling people like I told this story that <laughs> my second one flopped, but two months after that is when I started getting some relatively big uh, titles. Uh, that's uh, two months after that, which uh, in June of 2020, I, I released both A Night of Fright, which is my Scooby-Doo parody adventure, <laughs> uh, and the Player Primer Icewind Dale, which uh, started the Player Primer series and uh, is easily my bestseller to date. Uh, and those were relatively soon after my biggest failure. <laughs> So. Yeah, it's yeah, no, it, it was it the the like yeah, no, I know it, it's fantastic to hear that they kind of all did, all did so well. And um, hearing about them though, I must admit the two products, saying them out side by side, they do sound almost like opposites. You have you have the the very sort of like player primer, which is very law friendly. It's sort of you know again this super serious almost encyclopedia thing of like how you can integrate your character in the world, and then you have yeah. Scooby Doo on. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and they they are. They were both just fun. Uh, so I, I did a, a, a Night of Fright first, uh, and it was my first time uh, collaborating with Sadie. Uh, and uh, Sadie is at Incandescent. Uh, most people know her at this point because she's tearing it up. Uh, yeah. But that was that was our first time collaborating. We started in the in the same writer's workshop, uh, and she came in as the artist and the editor for that. Uh, and it was that really helped me see what collabs could be mm -hmm. so like my the wizard's assistant my flop was a collab but uh, it was like my first time doing it i barely knew what i was doing um but when sadie and i worked together on a night of fright it was like we just clicked it mm -hmm. was like oh like this can be a really fun back and forth uh you know making the product better but having fun doing it uh and that that was great so she and i got back together for uh the player primer mm -hmm. Uh, and that one was just built out of, I, I love Icewind Dale. <laughs> I, I've read all the R.A. Salvatore books. So they announced Rhyme in the, over the summer, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. And I was like, oh, oh, I got to do, uh, I got to do something. Icewind Dale, what could I do? Uh, and I had just read the Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, which introduced the Heroic Chronicle system, which is fantastic. It was the way to build characters, a total game changer for me. And I was like, oh, what if that, for rhyme and at the same time i saw sadie posting on discord like oh man i want to do a forgotten realms lore project but i don't know the lore and i was like i have an idea yeah. that involves learning the lore yeah <laughs> and it should be relatively simple to do and it was we powered through it in like 10 days i think we had the whole thing like made start to finish yeah uh and and again it was just like really fun it was powerful and i think that's why those products have sold well is is that the team behind them just had a fun time doing it making whatever we thought would be fun no i had i think that that definitely comes across in um night of fright because funny so funny i've, I've had I've, I've had the pleasure to actually play through it um i was um sorry i think around halloween um kai uh, Kai Linda uh, was running a That's game, and and uh, i I'd, I'd been recently moaning to him saying oh i don't have enough d and d in my life and he was like 
go on then Matt you can join join us and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and yeah no it's 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 again I guess so basically here's the thing as as, as an adventurer writer um even playing adventures there's always that sort of thing of like I'm, I'm still as I'm playing I'm still trying to pick it apart I, I can't I can't not um and you've I, I don't, again I don't want to spoil anything um but <laughs> you've again uh I, it sounds like you've done a really sort of clever way of um I, I, I guess because it, it kind of plays a little bit like a murder mystery it does and so. you have you have you have it seems like you've in, in implemented a very deep like a very sort of um uh a easy system to almost run many threads in parallel kind of it's it's it was hard to write concisely <laughs> uh because it, it was very much it was my attempt at i love i love running games like that i've I run a lot of call of cthulhu uh so i love that like mystery like explore this creepy place and you know people go all over the place and you have to keep everyone engaged and entertain and bounce between people uh, and all that really came together in scooby-doo which is <laughs> very much built around people splitting up and exploring a haunted spooky place uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, A Night of Fright is a Scooby-Doo parody. There's two of them. I made a sequel uh, where all the players play as a member of Mystery LLC, which has nothing to do with any other mystery yeah. solving group. And <laughs> Legally obligated to remind everyone that, again, it's, it's a homage rather than... <laughs> uh, but I, I made full character classes, full playable. They're really kind of silly and broken, but they're playable character classes like the Paladin of Traps and the Coward Monk and the Bardic College of Snacks. And uh, you play as all these, you play it as a member of Mystery LLC, which is very much based on Scooby-Doo. And you're invited to a haunted house uh, that has been left to you by someone that you helped previously, if you can survive the night in this haunted house. Uh, so it sets up immediately as, as a very Scooby-Doo adventure, and it is directly based off of several Scooby-Doo episodes. Yeah. Uh, but it's built for your players to split up. There's traps that purposefully split up the party. Uh, it, 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 the players are actively encouraged to, to trigger traps <laughs> and uh, it does require a somewhat different flavor to it than, than most D&D. So I mean obviously the influence from Scooby-Doo is, is unquestionable but I guess like so, so what, what did, where did the idea come from exactly? Was it, was it just trying to write something Halloween themed or was it I am not sure if you're fishing Mr. Whitby because the inspiration came from you what? <laughs> no, no, I, I, okay, no. This is gonna sound like I said. I, I, I genuinely, I, I, I don't remember this. I have the memory of a fish. Maybe it's yeah, like these are quite tight. I don't know if they're restricting blood flow. <laughs> uh, you released Volo's Guide to Getting Murdered. Oh shit! Uh, I, I, I thought it was brilliant, and it, it, uh, it made me start thinking about like murder mystery stuff. Uh, and I think I, I actually kind of stumbled onto it because I, I played. Uh, I ran a Halloween game for some friends where I ran Clue. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, ran, I ran Call of Cthulhu, where it's a, <laughs> like Eldritch-flavored Cthulhu game, which I still might write up one day. It yeah. is, it's another one that it kind of relies on like my specific DMing style, but maybe I'll do something <laughs> with it. Uh, but I was in that sort of mindset of like that sort of parody sort of game. And I saw Volo's Guide to Getting Murdered and I started thinking about murder mysteries. Uh, and then the the deciding thing was uh, it was Sadie again, uh, which is why I was really glad that she came onto the project because mm -hmm. I she was she went on Design Dash, uh, which is the DMs Guild 
design contest show yeah. and I tuned in to watch her and she made Faye School Musical <laughs> on, on there. And it was just something pushed it over the edge where I was like, oh, I can be making parody equipment, or parody games. Like, yeah. I don't need to be making this super serious, you go into a dungeon and fight demons game. I was like, yeah. I can make a fun whatever game. Yeah. Like, for some reason that clicked and like it all fell into place. Uh, and it started pretty quickly after that, actually. <laughs> I think it was less than a month after that Design Dash episode. Was it, was it, like, again, was it the same sort of timeline? Like, was it the same sort of 10 days turnaround or was uh, Definitely Night not. No. A Night of Fright was complicated yeah. <laughs> it, it's it was hard to write concisely and it kept growing because i, I because i made the characters and the subclasses mm-hmm. uh and there's so much game because there's it's a whole mansion of, of rooms to explore and in each room there's possible encounters that yep. can trigger and it's it's a whole uh it's it's relatively complicated um and i learned a lot in making that that i applied to the second game like the layout uh, and just like the way I formulated it from the ground up is much improved in the second one. Um, and of course there's play testing and stuff, which <laughs> my friends were very happy to do for, <laughs> for that one, which no, was nice. I, I must admit there is something about any sort of like mystery adventure or any sort of mystery content. I don't know what it is, but they just eat up words. Like it, it's it's because there's, there's so much to discover and you kind of want to provide like a variety of ways to uncover things right. that it, you, it's easy to kind of let, let the words kind of run away from you. Um, yeah and and that one has duplicated encounters where like one encounter can be triggered in multiple places mm-hmm. so yeah how do, you, how do you feel that the layout? Time, yeah i had like it was duplicated text and all it, it was a lot i'm there were some mistakes made on my end on the organization of it uh but it, it's still really fun to play <laughs> yeah, no, i think um was it so one particular highlight was i was um i ended up using sir frederick mm-hmm. um and i just became an absolute dude bro um, that's where, what I've seen everybody do. I, I think it's the thing. Fred, 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 like in the Scooby Doo, Fred, he kind of has a bit of a character, but he kind of he's a little bit of a dude, bro. Um, so I would just sort of be off in the distance, and where anyone would say they found a clue, I'd just be like, "Get in there, get in there!" Yes, just, just fist bumps, and um, yeah. That's, that's the, yeah. I, every, every, I think every game that I've run, and I, I've run quite a few at this point, uh, I think everyone has leaned into Fred being just a bra. Just, <laughs> I, I ran it with one shot onslaught on stream. Uh, you can check them out, the Majestic Goose Network on Twitch. Uh, and wow. I think that their player, Sir Frederick, was it was literally just like a surfer, bro. Yeah, they'll just be chill, and I'll just we'll solve the mystery, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, I leaned into that a bit in the sequel. There's an NPC named Benny in the sequel who is like the ShamWow guy <laughs> personified. He's just a gym rat. He wants you to come in. You want to get pumped. You guys look pretty pumped. You're adventurers. I love the way you look. You are swole. Let's get you a gym membership. <laughs> He's very much, I leaned way into that dude. Yeah. Right there and <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, I, I, admit, I think that's something as well as like in, 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 uh, in writing Volo's uh, Guide to Game Editor. Is it, it, it was satisfying to write something that from the get-go wasn't really intended to be taken too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it's it's that sort of liberating when to have that sort of like discovery to be like, dude, I could I could just write whatever I want. Like, I, listen, there, there's people like. I, 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 here's the thing. I think if you think about the average D and D table, they're not like an order of knights who have. They're, they're literally they're like a disaster of like ramshackled. Like you have like three goblins as pets, 
you have like you, you have like you know uh, uh, like you have every, every situation is solved or ends in, on fire whether yeah. they plan to or not it's I think it's it's about time that you just write adventures that lean into this a little bit more to be like listen you're a disaster mm-hmm. team that sometimes leaves situations better but here's one situation where you just go nuts this is and I think that's why that's that's something that really clicked for me in A Night of Fright, uh, because I, I had been writing like more traditional, mm-hmm. you know, like professional formatted, like this should be really nice adventures. And, and that's great. There's there's definitely a place for that. Um, but when I went to write A Night of Fright, I wanted to write it in a parodic voice, uh, partially for legal reasons. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But I'll, like, I wanted it to be fun. You know, it's, it's a silly Scooby-Doo game. I didn't want it to be like, you know, just all checks and professional wording. So the, the text itself is designed to be more fun to read. It, it directly encourages you to, you know, if, if you have like a, a real narc of a player at your table and they're like, oh, well, my character is not balanced. The correct answer is, who cares? <laughs> like, the way, that's the way the text is written. It's written to encourage like, whatever, it's Scooby-Doo, buddy. We're just having a fun one shot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, it, and that was, I think, really freeing for me. Uh, and I think that that helped me find a bit of uh, my personal voice in a lot of stuff uh, of trying to make it fun to read. Like, it mm-hmm. shouldn't be stodgy and boring. It should be an interesting thing. No, I must I think that's like um, in, in, was it in Chris Perkins, like, was it tips to writing adventures and stuff like that? One of the things he's right is like, at the end of the day, there is someone like a DM on the other side of the, the book who's going to be reading things. And yeah, you, you make it fun for them. And whether that's, again, putting puns into like subsection headings <laughs> or, or, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's small, small things like that. Um, and yeah, I'm, and, actually, yeah sorry. I'm actually really proud of, of how that came out in A Night of Fright and A Night of Fright 2 because it's it's clear and it's precise when it needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know, whether there needs to be a clarity of a rule or a DC or whatever it is, uh, that's all very clear. Um, but it, it, like I put in a ton of puns that only the DM will ever see. <laughs> and, there, and like I have the freedom. So there's like the, the climactic boss battle of the sequel has uh, an enemy that can fly. Uh, and they're in a big open space and they've got a bunch of range spells and the heroes don't have a lot of range. So like I wrote in a sidebar, I was like, hey, it's really dope that he can fly. It's a cool thing. But you know, don't be a dick about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I yeah. had the freedom to like write that in to the DM. Like, yeah, you can, but you know, yeah. just be cool, buddy. <laughs> let, let let him get some hits in occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It it it's it's weird because you are like adventuring is, is the sort of thing where you are writing for like two audiences almost simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's kind of sometimes weird 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 to balance that, and and sometimes one gets more attention than the other. Um, it's yeah. Kind of answer. Um, I guess. I guess then. So again, yeah. It, it, I get to talk about the other side of the coin then, with the the the, the player primer then as well. Um, I, I I do think it's fascinating. I mean, there are so many cool features that they sometimes introduce with setting books or like alternate rules with like Xanathar's or um, was it Tasha's Cauldron? Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, was it the, taking something like uh, the psychic system or like the the patron system, and then sort of saying, okay, well, how can this apply to X or Y? Mm-hmm. Um, is it is 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 a really good way to sort of you know make the most of it? And, and it sounds like the um, was it is wild amount wild amount wild amount. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's that E that E the E in the yeah. title just. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'm curious though, because so funny enough, I haven't actually read it. Um, what, it, it, like, what was particularly like alluring about it to, to you? Uh, I mean, I bought it because I'm a Critical Role fan, is, is why I bought the book. Um, but the the Heroic Chronicle system just blew my mind. Like, I, I was flipping through the book, not even really doing like a detailed read, mm-hmm. uh, and it just clicked for me. So, it, for anyone who hasn't seen it, the Heroic Chronicle system is a way to build a character that is richer. Uh, it it has you build uh, it. So in Wild Mount, it uh, there's a setting guide obviously it tells you all the cities all the regions all the, everything um and then it tell it helps you it gives you tables to help you narrow down where's your character from what city are they from what background do they have what social status are they what's their favorite food mm-hmm. what's uh, a mysterious secret that they've had uh, you know what's their family like do they have siblings like all that sort of stuff. And that helps you define all those relationships and build like notable relationships uh, and notable ways that you tie into the region uh, so that you feel like a more fleshed out character who is from Wild Mount. Yeah. And that blew my mind. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> like what a good system. And it was so concisely done. It was brilliantly done. Uh, so when I started thinking about the player primer, uh, that was in the forefront of my mind that was what i wanted to do and the rest of it kind of came backwards from that i was like well a big thing of it is like the the region mm-hmm. you know like i well i can't do a whole setting thing like the book is coming out rhyme is there it's got <laughs> all yeah. the details uh so what i did is i made it very condensed um and that's all the player primers they they uh, I do all the work of chewing through all the Forgotten Realms wikis and looking through old dragon magazines and all these things to find all the lore and then uh, condense it down. So you don't have to do all that because it sucks. It sucks to do that. Okay. Uh, so I, I bring it all in just concisely, give you a little bit of what the region is, who the important people are, what are the main things that you need to know, and then build a character that is tied to those things. You feel like you're authentic from the region. Uh, and the response has been fantastic, honestly. Um, the Icewind Dale one, obviously, it's, it's such a, a great tool for Rhyme that it's, it's sold very well in relation to that. Uh, the other ones haven't sold anywhere near there, but they've sold pretty well. Uh, and we are continuing the series. Uh, we've got, uh, we just, uh, we launched Tether uh, a little bit ago, and we just launched the Moonshade Isles. Uh, which was uh, co-written uh, by uh, Michaela Ebel. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, who was one of the co-writers of Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. Uh, so that was actually really cool. Uh, and we've got coming out early next year, we've got Am uh, to help finish out the kind of lands of intrigue area in the Southern Sword Coast. Uh, and then the uh, Kalimshan primer will be coming out after that, written by M.T. Black. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, Who's writing his own sort of, yes, yeah, setting guide for mm-hmm. No. So he's he's written plenty of Kalimshan before, so it was great to, to be able to work with him and, and uh, we'll then be able to like bundle together the whole like Southern Sword Coast, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and those are just, they're fun. They're relatively easy to do. And I get to learn more about and refresh the Forgotten Realms lore. Uh, and it's an easy way to help bring people into a, a very dense setting <laughs> yeah so I, I guess i guess in particular so obviously uh having read a lot about icewind dale was kind of like the inspiration behind obviously the you know uh that that being kind of the starting point uh, mm-hmm. for some of the other locations so like what why why tether like, <laughs> uh because someone smarter than me said it was a good idea <laughs> uh, 
uh, I started talking to on Discord. Um, there, there are several people who are kind of realm scholars. Uh, and I, I started talking to Brian Holmes, uh, who has since come on as the co-writer of most of the player primers. Uh, and he thought it was a, a great idea. He loved the, the player primer. Uh, and I started bouncing around the idea of continuing the series. And he's the one who said, oh, why don't you just, you should do Tether. I was like, I'd never even heard of Tether. <laughs> and I Googled it and I was like, oh, this place sounds dope. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's it's a good mix of, it's very different than Rhyme. It's got, uh, it's a lot more politically charged mm -hmm. uh, and it's very classic fantasy. A lot of knights and princesses and like castles. Uh, so it's, it's, Kind of, it's a, it's a, it's like a softball one, <laughs> you know. It's it's fairly easy, um, and it, it kind of kicked off being able to do the lands of intrigue, which is all these very political, forgotten realms areas. Uh, I'm, I must admit, there it's like there is something in like I I, I do I, I I quite like the sort of lore dives, um, just because there's a moment when you're doing your research and you have like again having like multiple screens with like 50 plus different tabs all across the wiki and stuff like that. It just feels like the modern day equivalent of just being in a library with like books stacked up on like, you know. Um, it does. I'm, I'm just, so about to take like the Tether example, what is like one tidbit of lore or like what's one fact, like what's something about that just jumps out that like you just love about it? Uh, for me, it was the, the fact that there's ancient dwarven ruins beneath all the major cities Ooh. that are like, still like super functioning and secure and full of traps and no one knows what's down there <laughs> and like it's the foundation of all the major cities in the region i was like and that's why we started including uh adventure hooks uh throughout the books too because like you just come across so much stuff that's like oh man that's really cool yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, of course we started doing the player primer adventures too which is like a tie-in thing uh because like you just learn so many cool opportunities yeah. when doing this research. It feels like there needs to be adventure about this, and yeah, especially when going with areas that are like less explored. Mm. Um, it kind of yeah, it kind of gives it like an easy, easy help up. Um, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I've looked at hasn't been touched, like almost at all in five E. Um, I guess I'm I'm slightly curious then. So with the player primer, uh, like adventures. Has there been kind of like the urge to keep them in like low tiers? Or... Uh, yes, that's that's very purposeful mm -hmm. uh, that we do that because the idea is uh, they're bundled together. You yeah. get the primer and the adventure are combined separately. And the adventure is made for those brand new characters. So you make a character and then you get an adventure yeah. in that region that bring, gives them a couple of levels and introduces like the main themes mm -hmm. of the region. Uh, and they're all designed to possibly kick off an ongoing campaign. Hmm. So it's, uh, it's, it's a very purposeful design that each of the adventures is like low tier. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that, that, that sounds like a, yeah, a really good sort of like design choice because I, I, I guess as tempting as it would be to write, I don't know, like a, 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 tier, a tier four adventure, which is like going into like the heart of these forgotten dwarven village, like cities and stuff like that. And it's like, well, here, you're now primed for this adventure that you get to enjoy in about, I don't know, a year or two. <laughs> and that's the adventures were a much later idea. The Icewind Dale primer was out for like three months before the adventures even occurred to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, if, if I remember correctly, the primer came out actually before the hardcover as well. Significantly, it came out in June, and oh. the hardcover came out in September. 
Um, and that that was it was just because I was afraid of getting beat. Uh, that's that's why Sadie and I did that like ten day turnaround. Uh, one because it went fast because we were getting really into it, but, but also uh, it was a, a choice to be first to market, uh, which I think was a good call because around the release of Rhyme there was several like region, yeah. you know, information books. None of them that quite hit the same thing as the player primer. Um, but a, a lot more competition. So I, I think having that early leg up was great. No, I, I honestly, I, th I think it, 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 it's a smart choice because there, there's so much of um, people who obviously pick up the hardcover as soon as it comes out and they're sort of prepared to play. But if people are sort of beginning to sort of set the groundwork early and, you know, to sort of like uh, get, get ahead of the curve, because, yeah, I mean, every time there's a new hardcover, I'm sure there's dozens of creators who are thinking, oh, yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can sneak in there on release day and throw something out there. Well, I was I was terrified that the book itself was gonna beat me. I, I was terrified that there was gonna be a, a heroic chronicle built into Ron. Yeah, uh, and yeah I, there, I wonder... there are elements of it that it, you know the book does come with like secrets uh, and some things to help tie your characters in, uh, but they didn't do a full chronicle. Yeah, uh, I must admit, I'm always like every time there's a new sort of adventure book that comes out, I'm I'm always sometimes a little bit upset that if it doesn't come with a um, uh, like a um, Encaridian, like Waterdeep did, um, just because I, I, I again for again for, for a law person, it's just it's everything you need kind of in one location, and you don't need you know seven different. Um, but I can I can sort of understand in certain adventures why they you know cut the word count or you know the priority needs to go into writing yeah. about scrolls of Tarasks or <laughs> or yeah. what have you. And that's that's why I that's why I've really come to to love the primers just yeah. as an idea. Yeah. Because the Forgotten Realms is so dense, you know, it's been around for decades yeah. and it's, it's built on top of itself so many times. Mm -hmm. uh, and like the amount of work I have to put into to write the primer is sometimes incredible where I'm like three, four like weird links in the wiki down and I'm looking for archived versions of Dragon yeah. Magazine. Like it's, it's very difficult and, and dense to understand. So like even Icewind Dale like it's a relatively popular area with yeah. the R.A. Salvatore novels and, and uh, you know everyone's favorite dark elf and all this stuff but uh, like a lot of people getting into rhyme might not know about Crenshinabon the crystal shard mm -hmm. and like the the wars that were fought <laughs> around this area things that shape the area and and are useful to know especially because a lot of those things tie into rhyme so having just that just a one pager of hey there was this evil crystal it did all this stuff that was yeah. like 300 years ago <laughs> you know there's been a couple wars just a quick recap is yeah. so useful no i must admit it's it's uh it's 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 always funny like in researching bits of the law there's always those little gaps gaps of information where important characters they sometimes that their, their age gets a little, sometimes like redacted saying it, it, it says they were born in like you know was it like uh 13 like 02 and now it's like 14 like 78 or something and they're still alive and they're just like maybe magic <laughs> you something, know something the sundering yes. yeah <laughs> there's, there's yeah there's, there's, there's so much stuff there's just kind of like hand wave that just like they just don't, don't, oh, don't, don't you don't know like I, I bumped into that in tether where it's like there, uh, I forget which specific city. There's like a city where it's like, oh yeah, after the spell plague, like you know, everyone just left that city. It's like, yeah, but why? <laughs> like I'm digging through the sources, I'm looking at the original stuff, and it's just like, yeah, it's just you know, people left. Yeah. 
dude i mean you know the spell plague happened we're not gonna stay there <laughs> like <laughs> but there wasn't there wasn't even a thing like oh man the spell plague made half of it sink into the ground and the other half be toxic waste yeah. it's just like i don't think there was any specific things there just the spell plague you know people left. here's the thing okay. i think it's the case of maybe that city was like pretty bad to start off with and the spell plague was just like the straw that broke the camel's back like everyone's I, I like, I'm gonna move next summer. We're moving. And it's like, yeah, and summer comes around. where I think I wrote like after the spell plague, people fled to the larger cities. Like yeah. I think I kind of wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, the the actual lore is a mess. Yeah, uh, but, and a lot that, of it is so gross and old. That's that's kind of what's kind of great though about uh, those sort of like lore dive projects is is the fact that it again the DMs Guild gives you a good a huge amount of agency. I mean, and and it is always that sort of like walking the line of like, um, like again, you can try try your best to kind of keep it as you know uh, law friendly as it can, but as you mentioned, like some of these places haven't been covered for many editions, mm-hmm. and by by all means, you are not obligated to sort of maintain the law of second edition, <laughs> or you know, it's and and that's kind of empowering because you're like, oh, yeah, um, and we, we we did start bumping into that. A little bit. The the Moonshade Isles uh, and um both started diving into like problematic content mm-hmm. that was like written in like the eighties, and it's the, so bad. The Moonshade isn't that a that's that's essentially where a lot of the adventure league content takes place, isn't it? If Some that, of it does. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not as up on Adventures League as I should be, but I know that there is a, a whole kind of subsection of the Adventures League yeah. that takes place there, um, and. Uh, it's a it's a fascinating region. It's it's full of all sorts of, of beautiful and interesting stuff. Yeah, um, but it's very complicated and dense by itself. Yeah, uh, but it has you know all sorts of uh, uh, mostly like some sexist and racist themes in there, and it's like okay, well let's yeah let's, let's you know pull those out a bit. You know we don't we don't need that stuff. Um, and Am is is a horribly corrupt place where you can like buy anything if you're rich enough yeah it's pretty much anything anything it's like you know we don't need like you know we don't we don't need all this super bad old stuff um so no no i I understand and and i think i I think that's again it's it's partially like uh, not not your obligation but i mean again it's 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 one of the benefits of of the way of doing it is to take the things that um again have 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 uh, I don't even I don't even want to call them artifacts at the time, um, but yeah. it's you know it it's it's kind of you know making making everything a better place. I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's no, it it is, and the player primers don't change things, um, but we do, I, I, you know, remove some of the the worst of it. Mm-hmm. Like Om um has a lot of colonialism. In it. like they have colonies over over the sea uh, and a lot of that is it's complicated and it's messy and and there's so much grossness just baked into it so didn't even talk about that for the on primer just yeah. cut it out you know if, if someone feels passionately about it they already know everything yeah so they can go and do whatever no. they want but, <laughs> yeah. uh, I have no need to, to continue to propagate, you know, colonialist stuff. It's yeah. it's not good. So no, 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 a hundred percent. Yeah, no, yeah. It's it's yeah. I think I mentioned it's it's just just another 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 part of the project and stuff. Like that. It's it's just sort of yeah. Make make those make those judgment calls and and yeah. It's it's yeah. 
Um, then I guess to, to pivot a little bit, I guess to your creative process then. So again, across everything you've done, you know, writing adventures, writing the player primers, mm -hmm. um, is there like a part of the project that is like hands down your favorite? I like starting projects, which, <laughs> ah, which is lovely. why I have so many. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like there. There's a there's a thrill to the assembling a team. Mm -hmm. You know, the the that's always the best part of all the heist movies. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I, I like the thrill of putting up a call and. Uh, or reaching out to people and having them say, oh, that's a great idea. I want to be involved. And yeah. it, just, you know, it gives me that serotonin hit of, oh, I had a good idea. Hooray. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, no, now I need to organize. Oh, no, I need to organize. <laughs> and it, that's very much how, how, I, how it is. You know, I, I start, I'm working on a Kickstarter, which I'm sure we'll get to later. Uh, but I, I just got so into the beginning of it. Like I, I was up in the middle of the night for a couple of nights just doing math in in spreadsheets to yeah. to try and calculate how much the kickstarter needed to raise <laughs> I, I just i like the planning part yeah of it. uh yeah and then it actually has to happen <laughs> no I, I, no again 100 it is it's that sort of thing because when when the project is so fresh it is always that case of like the product doesn't have any shape and it mm -hmm. can take any shape and that's where you, you throw the crazy you throw things against the wall and everyone kind of brings their own sort of you know color um mm -hmm. And yeah, it's kind of the most exciting time as things kind of get, you know, ironed out or sort of, you know, like um, you have the sort of the shape of it. I think that that's when, you know, the, the project that has its natural speed bumps <laughs> in the nicest sense of the Yeah, some. Um, I, I try to, uh, I, I take a lot of it on myself <laughs> because I'm very much the, the sort of like, I know the way I want to do it. It's going to take me less time to do it myself than it is to teach you the way to, to do it. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm breaking out of for some of my new larger projects yeah. where I, I can't possibly do it all. Like the, the Kickstarter I'm working on, I have a, a mechanics team. I have people doing mechanics and they're way smarter than I am. At it. I couldn't possibly keep up with them. Uh, so stuff like that, 100%. 100%. Uh, but most of my adventures, like I write it myself. You know, I set a deadline that I know I can hit and yeah. I have no problems because I hit it. Good job, me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> most of the time. And if I don't, uh, yeah. who's going to yell at me? Me? Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 I'm sometimes like that with like self-imposed deadlines. It's the fact that I know that, what am I going to do? Punch myself? <laughs> like, like I, I know the guy setting the deadlines and he's, he's, a, he's a pushover. <laughs> but I do, I, I try to keep myself to it. Yeah. by bringing on a team by you know, having an editor or a layout artist mm -hmm. both uh, and i tell them like i'm going to get it to you by the 20th yeah and they can plan their lives around that um so i, I try to keep myself honest um, no i must admit like getting getting a, an editor revolved um is, is actually funny enough a good way to sort of um uh, uh i guess like manage your manage your own time especially again like just to to, to have a deadline to deliver to someone is is a motivator good or bad um it's it's you know just there's the nature of knowing that there is a guillotine in the shape of someone else <laughs> waiting yeah and so far everyone everyone that i've worked with has been very good uh and very flexible mm -hmm. uh and uh, you know that's so important <laughs> yeah. this 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 year especially uh you know like the the moonshade primer was it was gonna come out like two months not two months uh, it was supposed to come out a month earlier than it did yeah um 
but the the one of the writers got caught in like the wildfire season where it's like oh. yeah a hundred percent yeah take that extended deadline <laughs> like no questions asked like yeah let's we're gonna push the deadline we'll get back to this okay. uh there's and, no sort of like well are you on fire right now because if you're not on fire, i mean like you could still be right if you're not on fire. <laughs> oh that was that was immediate yeah uh, yeah no no <laughs> <laughs> again you, i think you have to be uh incredibly detached to not have again again with everything that's going on this year i think yeah. thankfully it has actually opened a good number of people's eyes about you know um understanding other people's circumstances and and trying to be lenient um again yeah. i think thankfully you know this for a lot of us this, this is like you know a hobby this is you know uh, or like you know um a side gig um and uh yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah. it's, you know. I, I have no desire to make anyone's lives harder as my mm-hmm. philosophy. You know? So, I, and, and that's, you know, it's big in the planning phase for me where I, I legitimately like talk it through. Like, if I want you on this project, what is your schedule like? Okay. You know, is, is my proposed one a problem? Let's figure out this middle ground. Because uh, I, I, I don't want someone to <laughs> feel burdened yeah. by this thing that, frankly, isn't going to pay them a ton of money. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh and that's you know that i think that's important to keep in mind to 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 kind of keep this all humble because no one's getting rich off this i mean one day maybe i guess it's it's always it's always the case of like uh, it's not necessarily the sort of like one like um overnight instant success now you're a millionaire sort of thing i guess it's more the idea of like it's 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 like the type of investing but by the time you have a catalog of like let's say 200 titles <laughs> well yes and i and i do think that there is a difference with like kickstarters and so where there is a little bit more money and, mm-hmm. and it is a little bit more formal where it's you have an expectation of this there's usually a contract like 100 percent. that's that's a little more formal um but yeah like the individual payments for most dungeon masters guild things are low enough that you know if, if i wanted to launch on tuesday and you have a problem and now we gotta push it a week that's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would rather keep things on track just because I like on track. But yeah. if you're having a problem, yes, solve the problem. It's got to be more important than this like supplement we're doing. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I just like I, 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 the idealized me is you know the the business suit wearing, <laughs> hard, like hard hard business. Like you know every every day I'm, I'm stepping into people's office going. I needed that report. I needed that adventure on my desk by Monday, and it is now Tuesday. And I'm saying you can't go home to your family yet until the the kind of nice thing I think about the kind of loose community of Dungeon Masters Guild stuff is is it's not a company. You know, I'm oh, not yeah. a company. You know, I don't need to go in anyone's office and do that because you know if I work with somebody and they're you know they're unresponsive or slow or i just won't work with them on the next one <laughs> you know like i can kind of just kind of pick and choose yeah. uh and find people who are, are eager to do it and want to do it and are responsive and are good to work with uh and uh, obviously I, I always try to expand that bubble of people uh but you know i can say like okay i've got this person i know they're gonna be good let me bring in a couple newbies over here then I, I know I'm stable over here, you know. No, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was gonna make a joke about. I mean, like, was it how many with the number of uh, projects you've worked with Sadie on? It's not the case of like, wow, we're so unprofessional. <laughs> like, I, it's like, 
Yeah, okay. her, her and my styles mesh very well. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, and, and it is that sort of thing where it's like, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm doing a new thing. First on my list is these couple people that I've worked with who I know are really good or that I've heard by reputation or that I know are really good. Uh, and I, I was extremely fortunate for, for the Kickstarter that I'm, I'm working on that uh, most of my list of people uh, said yes. And I, I was enormously uh, excited and grateful that even people I hadn't worked with before uh, uh, were excited to work with me. Yeah. So that was very flattering and humbling. Yeah. So I, I, I guess, I guess, so I guess uh, before moving, I guess pivoting slightly to kind of chat about the the, the Kickstarter and everything. Um, what is your what like? Is there a, like a least favorite side of the project necessarily? Uh, I don't, I don't like it when things do need managing. You know, uh, uh, it, it rarely happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and like I said it's very important to keep humble and yeah. <laughs> keep in mind that it's, it's not actually that big a deal, but you know, when, when I do have to occasionally like, poke someone, uh, yeah. do cause it's, it's never good. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I guess it's always a thing of like, as, as you go through and beyond and sort of like uh, build up, you know, experience uh, project, you begin to sort of like delegate stuff. Um, maybe we can get like, you know, like a, a chaser, like, you know, <laughs> someone, someone whose, you know, role in the project is just to be, you know, the muscle. <laughs> and that's pretty much, you know, the project manager role. That's pretty yeah. much what I'm doing on the Kickstarter because I, d- I did a lot of writing and the writing phase for me is done. Uh, so now it is just kind of keeping everything else going like, oh, hey, don't forget this is due at this point. So it can yeah. go to that person and hey, that person keep the schedule in mind, you know. And it, you know, luckily the the people that I work with uh, tend to be <laughs> uh, very good and professional and flexible. Yeah. Uh, it, it rarely needs, you know, an actual poke. That's just my least favorite part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, it, it's always that case because there, there, I suppose there is always that that that. I, I don't don't want to say delicate balance, but again, it, it's 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 again remain remaining humble trying to make again not not ensure that yeah, everyone's having a good time and you know is enjoying the collaborative process and they're not sort of overwhelmed by anything um, well, and, and so many times this year you know I've, I've talked to someone or someone said something where it's like oh you can't get this done on time because things are really hard right now and it's like yeah whatever your life is melting down to that's important and i need to <laughs> recognize that so yeah. let's give you as much breathing room as we can let's figure out something else the hardest thing i'm having at the moment is 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 when people are sort of saying i oh, having a bit of a hard time <laughs> my gut reaction is same 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. um which yeah and i you know i think i think that's you know understandable i think everyone has 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 gone to go through a hell of a year yeah. um 2020, 2020 has been a hell of a year um, in, in yeah. every sense of the word. Um, and that's, you know, if I can't be empathetic to that, yeah. I, I shouldn't be leading <laughs> yeah. projects. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, so I guess, um, so the next sort of like set of questions are kind of looking towards like the fu- future and kind of like community as a whole. Um, but I guess you've kind of been, we've somewhat been dancing around the topic uh, a little bit. Um, you've mentioned that there, there, there's something of a Kickstarter in your, in your horizon. There is. Uh, uh, I I had an idea months ago that just uh, I couldn't shake. Uh, I thought about making like a whole like five E compatible setting, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, that's that's too much work. And I was like, but I got this. I got these ideas. I got, and I tried writing 
uh, I tried writing a short story and that helped uh, and it helped kind of coalesce the ideas, but I, I still, I couldn't shake it. Uh, and it, I eventually realized like, I, I gotta just make this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it didn't fit into any of the established uh, tabletop systems, mm -hmm. at least not any of the like main ones, the big ones. A, a couple came close, uh, but it, it wasn't quite hitting what I was doing. So I was like, okay, this is a system and a setting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like the directory of like I should do a, like maybe a five E system. No, no, that'll be too much work. <laughs> and then, and then, well, maybe maybe a system and a setting. That's that's gonna be less work. It's a, yeah. It was a bit of a process. <laughs> the the work for the final project condensed because I gave myself a budget. Mm -hmm. uh, so like I sat down and did the actual spreadsheets and budgets of of how the Kickstarter math would break down and what I could afford because it, it was important to me to bring on people and to pay them decently. Mm -hmm. um, I, I couldn't afford, I, I don't have the scale to do like top tier rates. So, uh, but I wanted to do like mid tier rates. Uh, so I, I uh, talked to a lot of people and figured out a lot of stuff. Um, and uh, I ended up having to condense the setting pretty severely because every word, even if I don't pay myself to write it, I have to pay the editor to edit it and the layout artist to put it in there. Yeah. So uh, it ended up being very tightly budgeted, uh, but uh, it is a, it is a new action tabletop RPG. Uh, it's it's based uh, around being a, a cinematic action with an emotional core. Ooh. Is the way I've been pitching it. I should, sorry, I I, should, I I here's it. I said ooh there, but I feel like again full disclosure. I, I am involved in this project. <laughs> I was going to get to that. Yes. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, here's the thing is, is, is there's sometimes like, I, I never know like my role as like a, a podcast host. Uh, yes. Like, like I don't know if, if I have to declare like a, a, a conflict of interest <laughs> or like, like I, I, yeah, no, so uh, yeah, no, this is, this is something that I'm, 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 I'm involved in as, as writing. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm very excited and, and uh, for the project. Um, but it's yeah, it was. It's 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 coming together. Yeah, it's it's coming together really well. We're we're about to enter the editing phase. We're we're wrapping up the actual mechanical engine of it. Uh, the uh, lower writing is in sensitivity reading right now. Then it's going to go to formal editing. Uh, and we've got our, our art director is is reaching out to possible cover artists and starting to work on logo designs. Uh, so it is coming together pretty pretty well uh and we're we're still on track to to launch the kickstarter in uh, about uh, about two months oh. yeah so so february time roughly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um then i guess like my immediate question is is so there has been again a lot, a lot of dms guild authors and stuff have kind of been turning towards kind of kickstarter as mm -hmm. as obviously like a, a revenue stream or a way of sort of funding mm -hmm. um what is how has, I guess, the um, pipeline of this Kickstarter project necessarily differed from, you know, let's say, like uh, one of the other projects? Uh, it's mostly a sense of scope, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's it's that sense of it being a bit more professional because mm -hmm. uh, there is a bit more budget and a bit more money involved there's contracts involved uh, you know so people sign on the line like yes i will do this in exchange for this amount of money uh so there's definitely a bit uh there's more pressure it's more real it's more it's more professional um i'm uh, luckily i've been fortunate enough uh, 
with the past year of my Dungeon Master's Guild stuff to have made enough money that I'm kind of shouldering most of the financial risk of the project myself. Um, but like that's there too. Like there's that sense of, oh, wow, like I'm investing hundreds of dollars yeah. uh, into this or more. <laughs> uh, like I sure hope it does well. Uh, and it's got all these these people who have signed up to do this like real professional thing and you know print it into a book and yeah. you know ask for thousands of dollars on Kickstarter. <laughs> uh, so it, it has a bit more of that edge to it where mm-hmm. like I want to work harder on the, that setup. Yeah, uh, and that's why you know before I, I contacted any of the team, I, I uh, started working with Realm War Media as a consultant. Uh, and I figured out the budgets. I figured out the timeline. I like figured out as much as I could mm-hmm. uh, uh, before I even went to anybody. And I'm really glad I did because, you know, the, when it is more professional, it's not just like, hey, do you want to do this thing sometime in the next month? I don't know, whatever. Yeah. You know, people are planning their lives uh, around it and expecting a certain amount of income and yeah. uh, asking very valid questions. And I'm glad that I had the answers to all those questions. No, I, I must admit, like, I, 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 what's, what's the best? It's like managing projects is, is a weird one for me. And, and I, 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 I don't mind doing it and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't envy this, any sort of stress in, in trying to organize a Kickstarter thing. Um, just because there's, there's so many more moving parts to it. Um, and uh, I, I guess this is me just saying I'm ha- so happy to be involved. I'm glad I'm not <laughs> behind the wheel in any way, shape, or form. Because um, yeah, it is very different, uh, and I find myself enjoying it because mm-hmm. uh, I, I like I like managing when I can trust the people that I'm managing. You know, I, I don't I don't like as much you know just bringing in a bunch of you know 50 people and I don't know maybe some will be good. Uh, <laughs> Lower of averages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like for the Kickstarter, that was, that was my like shortlist stuff of like, I know these sort of people can be good. Uh, like they have good reputations, even people I hadn't worked with, you know, like I talked to people they had worked with and figured out like, oh, hey, you know, they are, they're producing good work. Uh, they're, they have a good reputation for being reliable and good to work with. And, and like, that was the most risk I took yeah. in the team. Uh, and that, that helps considerably, uh, and uh, you know, as, as you've seen, it's it's so far been been going very swimmingly. Like I haven't had to do prodding people. You know, people are, are doing things mm. and they're doing it very well, no. uh, and that's been excellent to see. Yeah, was well, I'm I'm contractually obligated not to say anything Stephen has said me in my private <laughs> messages. Uh, so yes, they have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the more details will be coming out very soon, but I I am. Uh, I'm very impressed yeah. by the team, and I'm very humbled that so many of them chose to work with me. No, and and obviously 100%. Like obviously, I'm going to be um, screaming about it as and, as and when the the project is live each and every week in, in the, the podcast. And no, it's it's, it's kind of, again, it's kind of fascinating to always kind of chat about um, because it is it's becoming more of a I guess like a common trajectory for you know sometimes the DMs guild authors and stuff like that. And um, it's yeah, it's kind of fascinating to kind of hear about that that side of the story. Um, I guess, I guess then um, in sort of, you know, bringing a bunch of people on and sort of, you know, reaching out to sort of, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess uh, uh, establish like a dream team. Um, I guess my question is, is a, a more tangential to that than, than I tried to, I tried to do like a question set up and then I realized that's a really bad setup. Um, 
more generally then, uh, who would you say uh, someone on the DMs Guild or sort of surrounding community that, you know, particularly, uh, you know, inspires you? Uh, there, there are a lot of people, um, uh, honestly. Uh, and and the, the funny thing is, is I've gotten the opportunity to work with uh, a lot of the, uh, like, kind of top-end people. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's like, it's like hanging out with a celebrity in the sense that five minutes later you realize they're just a person, <laughs> you know, they're, they're just regular old people just doing their thing. Uh, uh, so there, there are, there are many, uh, and they, they've given me some chances and they're, they're very, uh, very good to work with. Uh, obviously I've, I've talked about Sadie several times, uh, here, uh, who's just fantastic to work with, fantastic to watch. Um, and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, uh, Amber uh, uh, at Quantum Synergy, uh, who I have a ton of respect for, and I think she's going to do a, something really impressive in 2021. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's going to be really impressive. Uh, uh, it, there, there's a bunch of people. Um, I, I mean, I always, I always say it is a, a, it's, it's a particularly cruel question, um, just because, again, the DMs Guild is, is like, again, kind of harbors such a, uh, something of a, like a delightful community. Um, and going back to what you said, kind of about uh, like the celebrity thing, um, I don't. Again, I, I, being involved in the community, you don't really understand like how sort of insular it kind of is, and you know, it, yeah, it's, it's like you feel like, oh my god, these people are they're, they're the biggest people in the world. They've got you know, they've got like ten thousand followers on Twitter, and then it's like they're just like, oh, hey, yeah, I want to want to do a thing together. Yeah. <laughs> we all yeah. reduce down to like playground children. <laughs> Very much. Whenever whenever you join a community, it, it seems like you know the important people they're so important they're you yeah. know, like it's they have this mystique about them yeah. uh and, but they're, they're just people yeah. <laughs> you know and, and then you find out like oh they were only here like a year longer than me <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing dm's gold hasn't been around for like 10 years it's only no. been about four <laughs> yeah it's 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 very it was a very quick shift for me where like i come in i'm like oh intimidated you know big eyes here uh, and then, like very quickly, oh wait, yeah, you know they're just people. I'll you know, treat them with respect and yeah. be treated with respect, and yeah. everything's fine. I'm surprised by how quickly I went from like having no idea what to do to just diva, and you know, just just I, if it was natural. You're running me, a yeah, podcast, just, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> you start a podcast, and then suddenly, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I'm 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 a big show now. <laughs> well, it's it's weird because it's such a quick uh, induction rate, mm. I think. Because uh, like uh, I don't even know how long ago you started, but you started before me. But like everyone who gets there ahead of you looks really important and impressive. <laughs> so like, it, like I come in, I'm like, oh, Matthew Whitby, he's a guy who knows what he's doing. Yeah. And and I'm noticing that that's starting to happen in reverse. Like people who are now joining from the new like Writers Workshop classes yeah. are like, oh, Steve Pankatai, he knows what he's doing. I like, don't. I've been here a year. What are you yeah, talking about? Do, do, <laughs> no one has any idea. I think again, th I think this is like the DMs Guild is like a metaphor for life as a whole. Is the fact that you always look at like the people who are older than you, going, oh, they've got a grip on life, and people like the 25 year olds who you thought were cool. They have no idea. They're just literally like big children. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very true. Like, yeah, I just, I have a few extra months of listening to smarter people than me say the things and I can now repeat the things. That's the advantage I have over someone new. <laughs> so, so actually, look, looking at the time, uh, we have we have managed to natter our way through an hour. Um, so I, I guess like... Um, 
away from, I guess, more on the, the, the DMs Guild and surrounding front then. Um, if you have anything coming out in the near future, um, and more importantly, if people want to hear about that cool stuff, uh, where can they kind of get news about your work? Yes, uh, I am continuing the Player Primer series. Uh, we have Am and Kalanchin coming out very soon uh, in early next year. Uh, I also am just in the early stages for a spell book called the Glitter Grimoire, uh, which is a book of very silly spells <laughs> uh, that is also coming out early next year. Uh, and of course, making starter. Is, I imagine, is that, that feels like Drew is involved in that in some way. Uh, Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes. How did I know? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Drew has so far been an excellent addition. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, all that's going out early next year, along with my Kickstarter, which will be launching hopefully February, possibly early May, depending on how fast artists work. Uh, but <laughs> uh, if you want to continue to learn about all those things, you can follow me on Twitter at Stephen Pentatai. I'm going to put it above you just to spite you. <laughs> no, again, fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time to ha have this chit chat. Um, yeah, uh, and yeah, I've, I've been Matthew Whitby. You can find me at Whitby Writes. Um, and um, yeah, my very final question then is um, how, how do we end a podcast? I think you got to end it on a classic cliffhanger. Oh, wow. So next week on, on this podcast, guess what? You're going to see some bear fighting. You're going to see a train launch off a ramp. Yeah. And you're going to find out the shocking end of this sentence. My secret half-brother's clones' <laughs> real name is... <laughs>